Welcome to the Life Central Bikers Church Podcast. We trust that this message will speak into your life. Thank you, Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name above all names. We love you, Lord, and we thank you, Jesus. Father, we keep our eyes fixed on your cross, Lord God. We love you, Lord. And we welcome you into this place today. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Thank you, praise and worship team. Well, very good to see you all here this morning on this beautiful winter's day, it feels like. <laughs> a bit early, but anyway, I'm enjoying the cold. So this morning, I want to ask you to take a moment to do a bit of introspection. Look inwards and ask yourself, when you accepted Christ Jesus into your life, and you said, Lord, come and be Lord and Savior of my life. And you made, I don't know, maybe some commitments, some deals. Maybe you were going through something and you said, Hey, Lord, if you can help me through this, I'll do that. Or, you know, I, I want to be, I want to have a better relationship with you. Or I want to get to know you more. We all know it was our personal moment with God. What was your personal moment with God at that time? So think on that for a moment and remind yourself. For some of us, I think it was longer Longer ago, longer ago, geez, my English is leaving me, and English is my first language. It was long ago. For some of us, it was very recent. But just think about that for a moment, and then ask yourself, are you living what, what you believe is God's plan and purpose for your life? Are you actually living it out? Are you doing it? Are you living it to the full? Now, if not, I've got good news for you. Because from here, right now, you can go anywhere you want. It's up to you. It's in your hands. There is no one else in this room that can prevent you from having that relationship with God other than yourself. It is on you. It's between you and God. No one else. I want you to just chew on that for a moment. And if you're not where you are, and what we do as people, mostly, is we straight away look for blame outwards. But I want you to look in and ask yourself, are you where you are meant to be with God, yes or no? This is not a judgment thing. This is an introspection morning. Now, there are basically three types of people. <clears throat> we have passive people. Inactive, indifferent, going through life, plodding along day to day, roll with the punches, you know, just carry on, what will be, will be. Are you that kind of person? Or perhaps you're the kind of person that uh, has made that plan, you know, maybe you've listened to a good sermon, maybe you've heard a good, a good message, and you've thought to yourself, yes, he. From, this, from tomorrow morning, I'm, I'm praying more. I'm spending more time in prayer. Spending more time, quiet time. From tomorrow night, I'm reading my Bible more. I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm to press in. And then, following morning, your alarm goes off half an hour early. 
And you're like, oh, no, Lord, I'm just going to lie in. You know, I'll start tomorrow morning. Are you the procrastinating person? You know, just put it off. Raymond shared a bit on that this morning in the car park. <laughs> Let's not procrastinate. You know, Let's turn those words into action. Which is what brings us to the title this morning, Taking to New Hearts. You know, if you, if you want to take to new hearts, if you want to get to that higher place, living in victory, that's what you have to do. You've got to turn those words into action. Right now is the springboard for your future. Now I ask you, how many times have you heard this amazing truth? God has placed within you, each of you, each one sitting here, the potential and opportunity for success. Now how does God define success? Well, that's simple. It is to succeed in the plan and purpose that God has predetermined for you while you are being created in your mother's womb. God had a plan and a purpose for each and every person sitting here this morning. He has a plan and a purpose. That has not changed. That is cast in stone. God has a perfect plan and purpose for each one. Are we procrastinating? Or are we taking to new hearts? The truth is, it takes just as much effort to lead a bad life, a passive, procrastinating life, as it does a good life, a passionate life. Yet many Christians lead aimless lives. We just roll with it. Living in the prisons that we've created for ourselves. Simply because we haven't made the decision to change. And that decision without action is exactly the same as faith without works. Faith without works is dead. A decision without action, it's like standing at the start and the gun goes off and you just stand there and everyone takes off down the 100 meter sprint. You have to go. And it's as simple as that. Take that first step. You know, <clears throat> maybe you're in a spot in your life where you're thinking, I'm just enjoying life. Life's great. There's not too many challenges. I have a nice home. I have a nice car. I've got a good salary. Um, I can go out with my friends. There's no real expectations. I'm just enjoying life. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to enjoy life. But our, we should enjoy life while living out God's plan and purpose for our lives. The reality is we cannot overcome the devil if we're still enjoying his company. Now's the time to launch out in faith. And I want to tell you, it always costs more not to do God's will than to do it. And I want to share with you this amazing launch out story. And we find it in the Bible in Luke 5, verse 4 to 7. When he had finished speaking, and he is Jesus, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say, I will let down the nets, 
When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. I mean, what an awesome story about launching out into abundance. I mean, you know, here's a guy, Simon, an experienced fisherman, probably been doing it his whole life. He knows, you know, when's the best time to cast, where do you go fishing, how do you catch, and all of his learned fishermen friends, they all work together, learn together, and they do this thing. But here's the thing. When God says move, and you're obedient in that, believing in God's word, he will bring abundance. And as, as Peter basically experienced this in his life, it is what caused him to leave what he was doing and follow Jesus. You know, the world tells us that we should live. It tells us how we should live. Tells us what we should strive towards. Tells us what's important and what's not. But 1 Corinthians 2.5 says, Your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. God knows best. So who are you following? Yourself or God? Because I want to say something. If you only follow God when you agree with what He is telling you to do, you're truly only following yourself. You need to follow God always. Whether it's easy, whether it's uncomfortable or not. Ken Hubbard said this, A lot of people confuse bad decision making with destiny. Now just think on that for a moment. A lot of people confuse bad decision making with destiny. In other words, by following your flesh and your emotions instead of the Word of God. You may say things like, my life's in a mess. Or I have these problems because it's part of my destiny. It must be like this. This is surely how it must be. This is just the way it is. Things are always going to be uphill for me. You end up living a defeated life thinking this is God's best for you. Now, I'm sure everyone in the room knows Bono from you too. Now, he said something quite interesting. Believe it or not, this was he, uh, Bono and many of the band members were actually Christians, and they battled for a long time trying to reconcile their music with their love for God. But here's something that Bono said which really stood out for me. He said, stop asking God to bless what you're doing. Rather find out what God's doing. It's already blessed. Isn't that just awesome? The fact of the matter is, man's way leads to a hopeless end. God's way leads to an endless hope. There's always hope if we follow God. Let's do it God's way. Can we agree this morning that from today we're going to do it God's way? Eh? Amen. We'll have a hand. Raise those hands. We're going to do it God's way. There we go. So how do we do it? God's way, you may ask. Well, that's simple. Praise God for everything good that He's done in your life. Thank Him for your blessings. Thank Him for 
everything good. Pray about all the challenges that you have, all the things that you need, the, the shortcomings in your life. And this is the pathway from failure to success. You know, you can predict a person's bright future by the awareness of their destiny. It's understanding what is God's plan and purpose for your life, being aware of it, and living in it. The fact remains that you cannot go with God and remain where you are at the same time. If God's not in it, don't do it. When you're thinking of doing something and you've really spent a lot of time in prayer, you've, you've thought about it, you've spent a lot of time in the Word, you've seeked counsel, if you do not feel that God's in it, don't do it. Don't take that chance. Don't think, well, I think God's in it and I'm, I'm going to go for it. God will make a way or he'll, he'll help. Don't do it. Exodus 33, verse 15 to 16. Moses says to God, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me and on your people if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Isn't that amazing? So make sure you hear clearly from God before you act or move. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, my people perish. Now, it's not God's plan for us not to have a vision. God wants us to press in, to ask, to explore all the time. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Lord, where do you want me to go? If you don't have a, future, a vision for your future, a vision for what you're capable of, or being, or becoming, then your future is threatened to be a continuous repeat of your past. Now, a few weeks ago, we, you know, change of the new year, what were the questions we were asking ourselves? Are we in the same place that we were a year ago? Or have we grown in Christ? Have we moved forward? Are we on a repeat? Is it going to just be the same thing? And at the end of this year, we ask the same questions. And next year, we start the same way. Or are we going to press on into the future? Being dissatisfied, discouraged, weak, and defeated all the time is really caused by not having a vision. You know, I think to myself, if it's, it's like, I used to hate doing the 1,200 meters in school. Because you run around the same flipping circle, 400 meters, three times around, it just seems so pointless. I enjoyed running, you know, give me 1,200 meters in one circle. Great. This running around in a circle thing just seems pointless. Now, now isn't life much the same? If everything we do just brings us back to the same point, what's the point? James 2.14 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? I mean, just think on that for a moment. Think of it as for yourself. 
before you even think of anyone else. Just think of yourself. What is the purpose of faith if you don't trust God's Word? What is the purpose of faith if when you go through trouble, the first sign of it, you collapse and you crumble? What is the purpose of faith if you cannot meet your financial needs at the end of the month and the first thing you do is panic? Stand on God's Word. Test your faith. Launch out into the deep. That's where God is. Now I want to tell you something. What you set your heart on will determine how you spend your life. People always do what they want to do. Don't fool yourself. You are doing right now what you believe is most important. Just think about how much time you spend on what. Just divide it into ratios. How much time do you spend in the Word? How much time do you spend in prayer? How much time do you spend at work? How much time do you spend in your family? How much time do you just spend on whatever makes you happy? And then you answer for yourself. What is most important to you? All else that you say, everything else that you say, you believe, is just talk. That's all it is. Take to new hearts. If you don't, you will never fully understand the fullness and the blessing of God for your life. And I mean, won't that just be sad? When, when, if, you, if you just think for a moment, what do you think God wants for us? Well, the Bible's very clear. He wants us to have life and life in abundance. Now imagine if you're living in a space where you feel you do not have life and life in abundance. And you think all you need to do to get to that is to be obedient to God's Word and live in the plan and the purpose that He has for you. And imagine if you pass on one day and you never got there. Won't, that, won't you feel disappointed? It's better to die for something than to live for nothing. Now, life's heavy as burden. Now, you might think, well, you know what? Living this life for God's not easy. You know, it's, it's challenging. You know, I always say, it takes a real man to follow God. You know, some people think you're a real man if you're a gangster or a, I don't know, some bully or someone that can beat people up. You know, now, now you're a tough guy. No. It's actually easy to live that kind of life. To live that kind of life, you just flow with everybody. You know, go to your nearest pub. Sleep with the nearest woman you come across. Beat someone up. That's simple. But try and live a life that brings glory and honor to God. Try and stand your ground when everyone around you is doing everything contrary to God's word. When everyone's telling you, oh, what are you doing laughing at you? Then you tell me who's the real man. Knowing you have been called but not acting on it is a heavier burden than actually doing what God requires of you. Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The following statement from Theodore Roosevelt is so true. And he said, Far better is it to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, 
even though checkered by failure, than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much, because they live in the great twilight that knows no victory and no defeat. Now, you know, when I, when I was preparing for this, it reminded me of a day in Cape Town 15 years ago. Gosh was still very small, and uh, they were going to go and play rugby. And I don't know if you've ever watched, uh, I'm sure if you live in Kauteng, you would have seen Baliki rugby when they have, like, divide the rugby fields in, I don't know, two or three, and you have, like, a hundred schools all playing rugby against each other. And there was this team. And they had this shirt, and on the shirt it said, we never lose, we win, or we learn. Isn't that a powerful statement to live by? You know, and if you just think about what Theodore Roosevelt said, you know, if we, we, we don't learn in victory, we don't learn in success, we learn in failure. And you'll never fail, you cannot fail if you're playing it safe all the time, if you don't Take that step. Lean out. Stretch that faith. Then we'll have the opportunity to learn. Pastor George always says, you know, rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter. You know, take that step. Hey, if you sink, well, maybe you learn to swim. But if you don't step out, you're never going to know. Hector shared on Moses, Joshua, and the Israelites a few weeks back. Two weeks back, I'm losing track of time. They were in the land of not enough. They moved to the wilderness of just enough. But God intended for them to be in the land of more than enough. That is what God intends for us. To be in the land of more than enough. Now just think for a moment. If Joshua did not act on what he had believed, to be his destiny. The people could very well still be lost in the wilderness. Launch out to the more than enough that God has already prepared for you. Because if you don't, you will never know how high you could have gone. Then one day, standing in front of those nail-scarred hands, you'll be ashamed. Because at that moment, I think you will realize Everything that God wanted for your life and that He wanted you to do, which you did not. Now, something that we all do, especially us that have been, who gave our lives to God long ago, how many of us, you know, they always joke about the, the ex Rhodesians, you know, saying the Wenwees. I think um, Christians are Wenwees as well. Because how often do we talk about? When we did this and when we did that and we were so active here and we were so busy there and we were carrying the gospel here. What are you doing today? What are you doing now? You know, even if you did great things for God in the past, and that's great, and you may have achieved some perceived success, that's good. But I challenge you right now, make a fresh decision. And let's start talking about what we're doing now, not what we did 10 years ago. I find myself in that trap very often. Now's the time to move from mediocrity to greatness. 
Now, let's get this straight. When I'm using the word greatness, I use it cautiously. I'm not referring to a self-centered, self-boasting, or pride in your personal achievements. That's not the kind of greatness I'm talking about. The greatness I'm talking about is to live an intentional life, completely sold out to God. Greatness, in its true perspective, cannot be considered outside of Christ. Because any achievements that we do outside of God's plan and purpose for our life is actually, it has very little eternal value. The second one there, lack, from lack to prosperity. How does God define prosperity? Well, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 and 10, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiencies in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Now, I don't know how much of attention you pay when you read that Bible verse. But I think what we often like to do is we like to stop at that you always having all sufficiency in all things. You know, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things. I think we stop there and we think, you know, well, okay, God, meet my needs. You know, give me a fish. Like, let me have what I need. But the second part is the critical part. It's the conditional part. So that we may have an abundance for every good work. That is where God takes us from lack to prosperity. If we are living out God's plan and purpose for our lives, He will finance it. He will make a way. He will make it possible. He will give us that abundance if we are living out His plan and purpose. The third one, from uncertainty to confidence. So what type of confidence am I talking about? Well, it's what, our, it's, it's what gives our, our faith strength. I'm talking about the, a confident faith in God. Firstly, a certainty and assurance of your relationship with God. So knowing 100% that you have a relationship with God. Secondly, a sense of boldness that is dependent on a realization of your acceptance by God. So not being fooled that God does not accept you for who you are and for how you are. He accepts His Son Jesus Christ died for you as you are. But please don't stay the way you are. Allow the Holy Spirit to mold you. But it is the acceptance and the realization that God accepts you. And then a conviction that your destiny is secure in God. Believing it 100%. The last one there is moving from limitations and weakness to abundance and strength. Now the term abundant life comes from the Bible verse John 10.10. 10. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. More abundantly means to have a superabundance of a thing. 
Abundant life refers to a life that is abounding in the fullness and the joy and the strength for your spirit, body, and soul. Isn't it time you stretch your faith? When last did you do something different for the first time? I want to tell you that God has something genuinely precious for you. But you have to be willing to let go of the familiar. The life you've become accustomed to. That comfort zone that you find yourself in. And allow yourself to take off to new heights. Never say, I can't. And why do I say that? Well, Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you believe it? Is it just a verse that you say? Is it something nice on a wristband? Is it a shirt or a cap you buy? Or do you believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Timothy 1 verse 12 says, That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Do you notice how God guards and keeps what he has placed in you? Praise and worship team can come up if they will. And I want to leave you with these three questions today. And I want you to really think about these three questions as you go through this week and when you're in your quiet time, when you're in God's Word, when you're praying. Are you viewing your life and your future through your past successes, your current circumstances, or God's future hope through the promises in His Word. Which is it? How are you viewing your future? And if you haven't caught it yet, I want to encourage you to go with the third option. Because there is hope in God's Word. Your responsibility is to commit to that which He has placed in you Back to Him by taking to new hearts of effective usefulness and living a victorious life. May you leave a legacy that brings praise and glory to God. Amen. Shall we close in prayer and then go into worship? Father God, in Jesus' name we come before you this morning, Lord. And Father, we thank you for this challenging word, Father. Father, we thank you that although we are challenged by this, Father God, we are not challenged on our own, Lord God. Because your word says you will never leave nor forsake us, Father. That you are with us through every step, every moment of every day. All you ask, Lord God, is that we live a surrendered life. That we allow your Holy Spirit to guide us, to shape us, to show us the way, Lord God. And Father, if we do that, if we live a life fully surrendered to you, Lord God, that you will take us to that next level, Lord God. That you will take us to new hearts. 
that we may live a victorious life in you. A life that brings glory and honor to you. We thank you for that. Amen. Thank you so much, Thank you for listening to the Life Central Bikers Church podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at lifecentralchurch.org.za and get in touch.